Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. It's just about five minutes after 10. And good morning and welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM. Carrie V in your company. We're going to jump straight into agribusiness innovation with Jody White, which we do every Thursday, of course, from 10 to 11 a.m. Jody, what's up? Morning. Trinidad, good morning. How are you doing? You good? Uh, good. We have a real interesting show today, actually. I we have know. a guest today with us by the name of Laura McNeil. Mm. And Laura has something that could benefit everybody, not just farmers, but every single person. She has a simple solution that I think is very beneficial and it will be launching soon. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good for people to take out the pen and paper and take notes. Of, let of me what get my pen and let me get my paper, Judy, because I love where this conversation is going. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, welcome. Welcome, Laura. Welcome to Freedom 106.5. Thank you both, and, and thank you, Jody. Um, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura, I mean, be, oh. before we get into anything, uh, uh, welcome to, to Trinidad and Tobago. We thank you for being here on Guardian Media. Uh, tell me, what, what country are you based in right now? Uh, well, I have one foot in the Caribbean and one foot in Canada. I'm originally from Toronto, but mm, spent about two decades in the Caribbean. Nice. Okay. So, Laura, I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself professionally before we get into anything. Well, these days, I'm the founder of a social enterprise startup called Carib Farm. And Carib Farm is producing um, a digital knowledge sharing platform for small-scale farmers called Farmer Community. But if you want a little bit about my background... um, I've been in media, actually, for several decades, Um, mostly print media, not radio so much. Uh, Yeah, as a creative director, that's where I spent a good portion of my career. And um, yeah, recently I went back to school full-time and did a post-grad in digital media management. Um, And this is where I was able to take the idea that I had um, kind of given birth to in, in Grenada and expand on it um, with a lot of support from my profs and um, industry experts up here in Canada. So the name of the the startup, it's called Carib Farm. Mm-hmm. Carib I wanted, dot farm. Sorry? Carib dot farm. Carib dot farm. All right. Yeah. So what solution or what is the problem exactly you're trying to address with this Mm. okay um well as anybody who is involved in agriculture knows there are a myriad of problems right so um we hope to be able to address say a small portion of them primarily the first problem is to, to be able to bridge the gap, the knowledge gap, um, especially as it relates to climate smart agriculture or agriculture that um, provides better resilience to farmers. 
Okay, so what I'm getting at is that you're trying to link people who don't have information to get into farming or improve their farming techniques and you're trying to get that relevant information to them so that they could learn and do it themselves. Is that what it is? Yeah, but I think, you know, I've pivoted my idea so many times. And right now, um, based on a lot of discovery interviews and um, feedback from the farmers, because my goal is to A, reach the farmers where they are, not where we think they should be. And um, to be able to reach them in a way that allows them to um, share knowledge with each other. I think the primary goal, first of all, is to bring farmers together, you know, so that they can support one another because they already have the answers in many cases, you know, they just don't have the answers to everything. But if they share and come together, um, they can help one another. You can see that happening a little bit with WhatsApp groups, you know, Facebook, but this would be a, a regional platform with subgroups and things like that. Right. So, you know, uh, getting into what, what I'm reading here on your, on, on your, uh, an explainer page, Carib Farm is a new solution for knowledge sharing, a co-learning network enabling collaboration and farmer to farmer knowledge exchange. We partner with agronomy, research and education experts, along with local agriculture stakeholders to deliver capacity building knowledge to underserved farmers, particularly women and youth. Unlocking the collective impact of climate smart resources and mobile technology. I, I, I you know this to me speaks of of one of the problems that I have faced in that I deal with a lot of farmers and I've noticed that I may have one or two farmers that are really good at what they do. They give me the best A plus quality. And then there are some that will give you C level quality, but they don't know what they're doing wrong. So mm -hmm. something like this, I could see as a platform to be able to connect both parties to be able to, you know, bring up the standards of people who need that extra push. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And the thing is too, is that I think with a, in a lot of cases is that because there's been so much change around climate, particularly in the Caribbean and small island states, you know, and that sometimes I believe is that farmers who have been doing it relatively successfully for say a few decades 20 years maybe all of a sudden the things that worked aren't working anymore and so they especially um need support in combining i would say combining what's already indigenous knowledge with new climate smart ways of doing things that will allow them to continue to have success even though there's, you know, extreme climates to deal with. Does that make That's, sense? It, it does. You know, we are seeing that changing climates are bringing yields lower. Uh, you're seeing things taking longer to mature. You're definitely seeing changes and some people are able to adapt better than some. But mm -hmm. I've noticed something here where you said particularly women and youth. Have you noticed through your interactions 
more women and youth wanting to get into agriculture? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, I think that, well, as we know, right, there's like a huge issue around the, in the Caribbean around youth unemployment, right? And so this is an option. And as I believe as technology is being introduced into agriculture so that young folks don't see it as backbreaking labor that their grandpa did, you know, so that they, for instance, if they can look at protected agriculture, if they look at aquaponics, you know, there are ways that they can spin it around to appeal to them. Definitely. You know, I woke up this morning and I have a little hydroponic setup at home that I've been playing with, but I have no technical knowledge on it really. And I saw some of the leaves on my kale plants turning brown. I'm thinking, you know what, something like this would actually be good where I could possibly have like a sub forum there and be able to reach out to people and be people and say, listen, I'm having this problem. Um, what do you think could be the cause of it? So I can definitely see the value of, of connecting. We are seeing more and more youth definitely wanting to get into agriculture as a source of employment. I think the youth themselves are also eager to embrace new technologies, new ways of farming. They don't care to be outside in the sun doing backbreaking work. They want to learn smarter, easier, faster ways of doing things. And if we could really connect them with the information at their fingertips and something that is self-paced learning not necessarily having to sit down in a classroom from eight to four something that is self-paced when they're ready they read up on it or even people do this thing part-time we, we're seeing the value of these things which is people understanding that there are different ways of learning and different modes of actually absorbing information so i think you're definitely on the right track for this and women as well we're seeing taking charge of farms one of the projects that we did recently we actually saw women being the ones not necessarily being doing the backbreaking work but they were the ones managing the farms managing the sales managing the purchases of all the raw materials so connecting them as farm managers with these this information definitely we can see this playing an integral role of developing regional agriculture. Now, I kind of want to know what made you interested in agriculture itself? Yeah, it's a question a lot of people ask me. I'm a city girl from Toronto. So um, I spent my summers um, up in the country. Um, my parents had some land by a farm. Um, so a little bit of it brushed off, but mostly it was because I lived on a small island in the Caribbean and though I was a creative director from Toronto, that kind of work was, you know, sparse. So I wore lots of different hats, you know, and one of them was, as you were just talking about, Jody, was not so much a farm manager, but more a market garden manager because it wasn't such a big scale thing. And as we were doing that, this is where I became aware of all of the problems. You know, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is what farmers have to go through every day. You know, like whether it was crops dying in the field waiting for extension to show up um, or trying to find consistent markets, reliable markets, um, 
getting even microfinancing, all of these things proved to be almost impossible. And I can be pretty resourceful. So then I thought, if this is happening to me, why don't I talk to my neighbors? We lived in a rural area and lots of our neighbors were farmers. So I just went and chatted with them, you know, in the, at the junction, at their place in the rum shop. And, and, and they all told me the same thing. And I thought, this, this, there's challenges and then there's problems. And these are really difficult problems that people have to face. And at the same time, I was studying digital media overseas with um, the Interaction Design Foundation in the Netherlands. And I thought maybe there could be a way to even bridge the gap in a small, small fashion by bringing together a digital solution to, to these problems. And so that's where it was born. Laura, you're a storyteller. I think that that is what you kind of define yourself as. You, your, your profession, you're able to capture the stories of companies and present them in a way that's easily easily understood by, by, by the general population. And I think what you're doing here is being able to shine a light on Caribbean agriculture and the stories that people have and the challenges that they have and bringing it up to the forefront. Because I realize most people don't have a real thorough understanding of the challenges that the agricultural sector actually faces. I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask me this and, and I, and I say, well, because I, I walked even just a short distance in their shoes and having done that really opened my eyes. And so I'd like to be able to, you know, share some of that with others. I think that this is, this is sort of across the planet, the, the plight of farmers, you know, is that they're often taken for granted you know, and the source of food. But as we saw with COVID, when things and systems start to slow down or even shut down, then people become aware of where their food comes from and where it's not coming from, you know? And I think that that helped in some way, you know? It, it, it created um, an opening for people to be able to see um more of more of what and all that is involved in agriculture you know and how all the pieces um fit together in the value chain and how when there's disruption in one place it causes an, a domino effect and so um i think the farmers and the issues of the farmers was brought into the light finally Definitely. So we're going to a commercial break. When we come back, Laura, there mm -hmm. are some milestones where you participated in many um, competitions and similar boot camps. When we come back, I want to just touch on some of those and the reactions that you got and the connections that you made. So we're going to head to a break and we'll be back in a few minutes. Talk is streaming at freedom1065.com. Good morning and welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM, where you speak your mind is just about 23 minutes after 10. And you are in Agribusiness Innovation with Jody White. And we have a special guest, Miss Laura McNeil. Welcome back, guys. Hi, thank, thank you. you so much. So, Laura, these milestones, Startup Waterloo Female Founders Pitch Competition, 
Center of Social Innovation Investment Readiness, UN Food Systems Game Changers Lab. You've done so many of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know what were the reactions of people who were part of panel to these to the ideas that you have and some of the connections that you were able to make as a result of it? Yeah. Um, if I talk about the reactions first, they've been all across the map. Um, but I think that the people that I've met have been incredible. You know, um, I started because I realized that I needed support, you know, and that uh, when I finished my postgrad, I was accepted into the venture lab where uh, I first started doing things like pitches and putting together pitch decks and and learning this was a new world for me and so trying to um decide is this a what what our business model was and i had amazing coaches and then um an opportunity when i finished that an opportunity came from overseas and that was with the food systems game changers lab that was put together by a bunch of folks um thought for food meridian uh, rockefeller and their goal was to do this kind of really disruptive lab and what they did is they put out these open applications and then selected a few hundred and brought people from around the globe so together for five months to come up with to kind of discard their own individual solution around these topics and to come together imagine that all these entrepreneurs come together and and create one solution um so i was teamed up our our mandate was edu- upskilling farmers through education and so i was teamed up with literally people across the globe from the philippines uh, bangladesh india africa uh, central america south america the uk the us and we we came up with a solution that was really similar to what I'm trying to do with Carib Farm, but but because we were addressing Africa, India, Bangladesh, that we knew the limitations were deeper, and we would need a hybrid solution, and that included community outreach as well as a digital platform, and that that could have some cool um, spins in the Caribbean as well, and so through that I met people literally. From around the world who had the same similar problems and that from there everything just blossomed in that i made these connections and then i started to dig deeper and um i'm always studying um there's so much to learn and one of the things i did learn that was huge was i i had done testing with farmers in the Caribbean and I asked all of my global partners to do the exact same testing took a little bit of convincing but and they did and one of the questions in my my one-on-one interviews with farmers is tell me your top three problems what would like life look like if they were solved and so what I thought was that it, it, it was true that farmers, no matter where they were, small-scale farmers, Bangladesh, Trinidad, Africa, all had the same top three problems. And so 
I pivoted from market model to a knowledge sharing because first of all, we need the knowledge in order to know what we need to know. Yeah. You know, I, and I'm seeing you have many advisors here. Wayne Ganpat, Faculty Agriculture, UE, yep. uh, Ju Julia Bravo, Scientific Animations, Purdue, yep. USA, um, someone from Guelph, Canada, Jamaica, Technical Director, Rural Agriculture Development. Um, these are people who are working on this actively with you, or these are people who you would consult with to help you develop the model? These are advisors who've been on board for since I was talking about the conception of it before anything even existed. They just, when I talked to them about the idea, they liked it. And so in the beginning, they were advisors. They will, they were, they're now developing into what I had always hoped for, which would be collaborators and partners. So for instance, if we look at Sabo, which is um, animations without borders, mostly in Africa. Um, Julia and Sabo has allowed me to share some of their technical videos and they do animated videos in lots of different languages. So you'll see some animated videos that were specifically done for say an Indian or African audience, but the situations are similar. You know, if they're not similar, then I don't share them, you know, but if they're similar and they work for farmers in the Caribbean, why not? And so the same, the same goes for um, one of our other collaborators, East West Seed. They have a knowledge initiative. And so when I met with East West Seed at the Food Systems uh, Summit in 2021, they were keen. And so they were happy to share some of their knowledge. And again, I go through it knowing enough, uh, just enough about farming in the Caribbean to know what's appropriate and what's not. So these people have shared knowledge and it's on the network now. It's in our library and our library will grow as much as we can make it grow on a digital platform. And um, we have um, working relationships that are growing with the University of West Indies, University of Guelph, um, University of Alberta, Purdue. Yeah, and they have the knowledge and they also, as universities and learning centers, they have the capacity to do the kind of testing and experimenting that farmers can't afford to do. They can't afford so to lose their crops. Is this is this platform live as it? Is it up as it for the public? What stage is it at? Yes, it's live. It's been live for about a month and we are in beta testing. So that means we have a few members because we have to test the interface. We're testing the user experience. We wanna make sure it's as seamless as possible before we officially launch. So that's where we're at now. And we're running into all kinds of problems and bugs like you do in the digital world, you know, as we take one step forward, we fall back too, you know, and so we're, we're doing things like making sure that there's onboarding videos so people know how to use this. This is an MVP. This isn't my ideal solution. I know what farmers need and this isn't exactly it, but we must be out there with an MVP or a minimum viable product in order to really test the concept and that 
be able to say, yes, this works. Now we can spend whatever we need to in order to develop software that addresses all of the issues and makes it easy for farmers to get access. So if people want to start to get information to be part of this, people yes. are curious to browse to see what information that they can get, or maybe we have experts in the field who want to help provide uh, information to this. What is the website that they could use? It's kind of like two forks, like two forks in the road, because we have farmers who are our users and are, but we also have, as you said, collaborators, development, government, folks like that who support. So carib.farm addresses the overarching umbrella corporation and all of the people who support it. So that's where folks who are interested in learning more about the project, carib.farm. For the farmers, it's easy, farmer.community. And so they can, at this point in time, we're building a waiting list so that anybody who puts their email address um, on the waiting list, as soon as we're up and ready, they'll be the first on there. Um, we're also taking slowly taking members. Um, but as I said, we want to make sure we get the bugs out before we get the people in. Yeah, these things definitely take time to roll up because it isn't something small. It is a massive drive. Uh, and these digital products do take a bit of time to kind of get right and make sure that they perform properly. So for those of you listening, uh, you can go onto the internet, just type in carib.farm and it will take you to where you want to be, or you type in, uh, what is the second one, Laura? It's farmer.community. Right. And and it's, it's, a very, it's, it's a very beautiful website, I must say. <laughs> that's the designer in me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it comes from, you know, like a couple of decades as a creative director in media, you know, so, yeah. I, I'm curious, what is the model to finance this? Uh, what is the company's profitability model? Like, how do you make money to keep the lights on? Right now, we don't. Um, that's the short answer. We've been bootstrapping for the last two years. And um, <laughs> that means going through all of my savings. And we are, as most startup founders, you know, this is kind of the route um, until things come together and, and um, it's, you, you grow and scale and get acceptance. Um, our business model is a little bit different than a lot. Most business models are, well, I have a service or a product and I sell it to a customer. Yes. Our model is sort of based on a sponsorship model. So we have, as I was saying a moment ago, we have users or, yes, users is the best word, and those are the farmers. They, for the most part, will gain free access. That's the point, you know, is to be able to, as a social enterprise, to be able to create impact, social impact. Um, and then we will as we're now starting to develop, have customers 
or sponsors, collaborators, partners who, like, I've been talking to folks, you know, who, when, remember I talked about the top three problems? So right. one, one is the, one of them is the lack of uh, reliable information, timely information. Um, another is lack of accessible microfinancing and crop insurance. We all know that one. And the other really important one is the the gap and the, and the lack of consistent and affordable inputs. So by addressing the first one, the knowledge, is we have our partners contribute the knowledge. There's all kinds of knowledge out there. It's in silos, you know? And so um, I create this hub where I can bring the silos together and then the farmers get access to it to improve their livelihoods, to share with one another. And then we we can then say say approach alternative microfinancing um, entities and say we have this group of farmers and we know what they really want is microfinancing. Let's talk. The older farmers, farmers who are who are resisting change, farmers who are stuck in their ways. Have mm -hmm. you ever presented this to them? Have they given you any resistance to wanting to use it? Ah, uh, well, hmm. it's interesting because I would say the majority of, say, farmers are over the age of 50 with now like a growing population of youth and women. But that's that's the majority of farmers across the Caribbean, across the world, really. And so I have, and I have talked to them, and some aren't interested at all, you know? But then there are some older folks like me and others who are pretty technically savvy or digital savvy, you know, even though they're getting up there. So um, it's interesting because I belong to, I've been, um, the last few weeks I've been working with um, UE and combination with Guelph and the University of Alberta and another university, I think in Sri Lanka, have put together this uh, program, ICT Stewardship for Agriculture Extension, and I was invited to be a part of it. And so I've been meeting all of these extension officers and older farmers across the Caribbean and getting their input. And so if, for instance, they have something where they need to gather a bunch of people together, well, they could A, do it together, like it physically, maybe at, you know, someplace in the neighborhood, a community center. But then even those folks are starting to realize, yeah, but you know, if we did it on WhatsApp, we could not have to spend any money. We don't have to travel and we could do it really fast. And maybe that's a better solution. And these solutions, they're coming up with these solutions without input from the younger folks. You know, so I think that they don't embrace it as 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 readily, but they acknowledge that it's the way it is. 
Karen, you know, one of the things that, that Caribbean agriculture suffers from is that research is constantly done and it goes in a book on a shelf and then it's repeated it in 20 there. years. Because I'm listening yeah. and I'm saying, but this is a really good idea. This is something new. Because as you said earlier, um, Jody, I mean, we, we young people, we want to get out from going outside in the hot sun and planting and farming. We want... We want new ideas where we could just press a button or, or you know, little, little to no work, hard uh, physical work to do things. And beside that, I think younger people are also more willing to accept new ways of doing mm-hmm. things. Yeah. We don't want to do the farming like our grandparents did it using the same technique. We want a new technique that's going to yeah. bear better or face better with the And we have the changes. technology. We have the technology. We have the persons behind it like yourself and Laura. We have the persons behind it. So it's just really to implement and, and get it moving forward. I've seen it time and time again where consultants are hired, researching the tomatoes, how to grow the biggest, sweetest tomatoes. Bam! Mm-hmm. Consultants do it, get paid a million dollars, and it goes on our shelf. And we get no tomatoes. Again, <laughs> yeah, 20 years again, we hire our next consultant researching how to make big sweet tomatoes, and he repeats the same thing same again. Thing. Exactly. Same. Yeah. Exactly. And it goes yeah. on and on and on, you know. And the thing is, is that there's so much knowledge that's already there. But I know the challenge of unearthing it. I've been doing it for the last three years, mm. you know. And so... Farmers don't have time to do that, you know, they just don't. And so they hopefully, I know they share knowledge with one another, you know, whether that be at the junction, on the phone, you know, maybe some digital solution like WhatsApp, but they do share their expertise and they're, they're, a lot of them are very willing to do that. And I think that the more that they have the ability to do that, and then as as an overarching hub or community, we share and feed them the information. And whether it's like, hey, you know, the CARICOM now has a grant opportunity for financing, you know, small business. And maybe, mm. you know, there's a, a, a channel in there for agriculture growth, mm. you know, things like that that they don't know. Once they get into the hub, all that stuff is there every day. Mm. Every day is there, you know, and they can talk to each other. And so um, it's like we are taking the siloed information and putting mm. it in yeah. one place. But Laura, is it a yep. case where we we are not we are not constantly talking about it or, or constantly trying to get persons to to go in this direction? Do you think is that? You mean that we're not doing it enough? Yeah. Mm, I think that agriculture overall doesn't get a lot of support. Mm. Some islands, I think, I've been watching, some islands are doing a better job of it. You know, they are supporting and providing funding for young folks to get into, like, and I mean funding, a grant, you know, where where they don't have to jump through hoops yeah. to to be able to get uh, a loan because that's too hard. So it needs to be that that I think with what we learned through COVID was that we need to be able to finance the growth yeah. and the youth to be able to give them incentive. 
Yeah. Otherwise, why bother? Because that's where we realized that we were all farmers, you know, in that period of time. <laughs> <laughs> For COVID, everybody was farming. Everybody had a, 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 a where's called this, a, a kitchen farm. What do you call it again, Jody? A backyard garden, yeah. a kitchen garden. Backyard everybody garden. had, even myself, I, I planted some pimentos. And when I when I picked that pimento, Jody and Laura, I felt so good because I've never done it before. And because we have spent so much time at home, we had the opportunity to actually look at it and take the time and invest. But now that we are back outside and we are back again, persons has, has come up with different ways on, on doing the same thing, which Laura explained. And I think that maybe we should keep trying at it. Because that's the only way how we will get changed. If it's if it's constant, if we constantly, you know, like put it in their head, say, let's try this way, this way, this way, you know. And I think it's a really, really good idea. And I'm glad that you are here speaking about it and, you know, bringing the information out there. Because, I mean, a lot of us didn't know about it, you know. So that is a, a really good way to start. But before that, we have to jump on a break, Jody and Laura. It's just about 10.45 and that's my time check. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be taking your calls because I want to hear from you. I want to hear what do you think about the new ideas that Laura presented to us. I want to hear from you, 627-3223, 625-2257. You can even send me a WhatsApp message on 306-1065. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, where you speak your mind. It's Agribusiness Innovation with Jody White and Carrie V. We will be right back. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Just about 48 minutes after 10. And welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM, where you speak your mind. This is Agribusiness Innovation with Jody White. And we have our special guest, Laura McNeil. Don't forget, guys, you can call us at 627-3223-625-2257. You can even send us a WhatsApp message on 306-1065. So we are talking about farming. Right. Oh, I'm seeing that we have a WhatsApp message. Hi, good morning, guys. How long did it take to set this up? Have you presented this to, to the different governments? What's the most difficult thing about implementing this? That's for me, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. I, the inception, 2018, so five years ago. Um. I did a one-year post-grad, but I did a lot of work on it, so I count that time, too, so about five years. Um, I have talked to and have had meetings with some government bodies. My idea is, yes, I'm sure that there will be um, collaboration and um a style of working together but initially what what i want to be able to do first is to develop the idea beyond the proof of concept to make sure that we have a winning model and then when we do we will open the doors wider right now we're still testing um and uh taking our time without rushing sometimes when you rush things go sideways mm -hmm. i hope that answered your question <laughs> There were so three questions. I might have missed one. Did you? Know. Well, you, how long? Oh, well, it took some years. Uh, oh, what's the most difficult thing about implementing it? Okay. You know, I think if I'm going to be completely honest and transparent, the most difficult thing, um, 
was the time that's involved and and just constantly pushing forward with no support and nobody believing you and people telling you you're crazy and this is impossible and so many others have tried and it hasn't worked <laughs> that <laughs> you know I, that, that 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 brings a good a good point as a woman in agriculture a woman in business did you feel that you got treated any differently well first of all let me premise that is that i've always been a woman in business because you know i can't be a man in business so um i just wanted to say that so i think that um i haven't got my start in media you know my eyes were wide open from day one and and i think that um <clears throat> in this situation with this particular product it wouldn't have mattered male or female you know mostly what people are looking at is that this is is a huge challenge and um others have tried and what makes you think you can do it whether i'm a woman or a man you know that's one of the things that that that, that i think a lot of regional entrepreneurs face in that agriculture is still it's nice to talk about but there is still limited support for it there is still so much resistance from it there is so much less funding that goes into it i mean it's the one ministry i think that gets the least amount of funding of all ministries in trinidad which it, it, it's it's the least important i guess i would say but you know getting the support behind it getting people to support it you get support after you've achieved and the journey of <laughs> of of getting up to that level of achievement is the hardest thing especially when you're bootstrapping and yep. funding it for you, for yourself absolutely absolutely and 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 that's why people give up because you know sometimes i would think laura be smart walk away <laughs> you know um but i think that when it comes to funding and agriculture um, you know if you look across the world um maybe not so much in canada mm. but that that farming is receives less than 2% of funding yeah. you know then if you if you marry in the fact that women across all industries as startups and entrepreneurs receive if they're lucky 1% of funding mm. so you take that and combine those two forces <laughs> <laughs> guys we we are getting a call let's take this one hi good morning you're live yes good morning good morning yeah um i don't i don't want to deviate from the topic there but um i was an engineer when i say i was i get i get an accident and i am disabled now so i am doing hydroponics but i don't have space to do what i want to do So my plan really is to um sell the design. You could put it on your wall in your garage, you could flood it under your house, you know, put the car on that shed and your your, your build a whole system that you could go commercial. And yet everybody's backing from it. I don't know why. Hmm. 
right, thank you so much. So what he probably wants to find out is how, why, why is persons not um, going in the direction of hydro, hydroponics and these new ways of, of farming and, and planting? Hmm. Well, I, I would say that they are, slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that young folks are willing to, you know, if I, if I talk to my, my uh, stepsons and their friends, it's like, Sherman, I'd like to learn more about hydroponics if I don't have to be out there baking my back all the time like daddy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, so I think they are. But at the same time, you know, they still need 20000 mm-hmm. to get started. I mean, Jody has a small thing, right? But these kids are doing it because they want to do it as their full-time job. So they need something a little bigger than that even to get started if it's going to be something that sustains them so support is what they need you know i've seen some pretty good programs in grenada and i think that they're really helpful when when you know the government supports young people or entrepreneurs with ideas and says okay show me your business plan and we can get you twenty-five thousand. well yeah people run it's like okay here's my business plan i want to get started but without that support if they go as especially first of all it's hard for entrepreneurs to get funding but young folks women trying to get microfinancing to support an idea and then the idea is in agriculture and then on top of that it's innovative agriculture hmm. they don't get much support and it's but you know, again, something like this, somebody who wants to get into it, once your platform is up and running and you get the information on there, it would be easy and convenient for the younger people to go on, log in, and actually walk through an entire process, have a blueprint of how to launch a hydroponic business or another type of farming business. I think it's the blueprint that, that they'll have access to. Now, you call yourself a social entrepreneur, impact entrepreneur, I should say. What's an impact entrepreneur? Uh, okay, well... First of all, rather than just a a business, we run a social enterprise. So that means that it's not about, you know, building huge profits like many startups, right? This is what you hear about startups, you know, the million dollars, billion dollars. This isn't what we're about. It's clearly we need to be sustainable. And that means that it needs to be a profit. Otherwise, we just disappear. But that the goal is to be able to put money back into society as a social enterprise and so by doing that um we want to make impact and the impact that we want to make is social impact so that means that if we look at our digital community and say how it affects one of the islands in the caribbean then we would see change we would see a growth in youth embracing um, agriculture we would see numbers of people on the community sharing information with one another we would see impact no that, that's that's very interesting i mean a, a lot of people will say i'm not getting into something unless it's making me a lot of money and you're <laughs> actually doing this because you want to see a change which is which is admirable <laughs> you know it, it it is admirable that that you've taken up this challenge um and you want to make a difference in it 
how long do you think it would take to have this fully up and running 100%? Oh, you mean the community itself? We're really yeah, close. We're close. Um, so we're in mid-March. Depending on my team, because my team is volunteers, right? My team is volunteers and students. They're absolutely brilliantly awesome. But they go to school, they have jobs, they are here and then they're gone. So I don't like to put a date date on anything because things change so much. You know, like I have great MBA students, but then they finish and they go and get a job, which is wonderful. Um, and volunteers who get advanced in their careers and things like that. So probably it'll definitely be this year and probably, I don't know, midpoint. All right. So you have you have access to so coming to the end of the show and you have access to the heirs of people in Trinidad and Tobago and other territories definitely. Let people know again about the uh startup that you have okay. and how they can get access to it. Whether you think people should come now and, and put in the email addresses or tell people what you want them to hear right now. Okay, I think if you're a farmer out there, that just have a peek, you know? It's really easy. It just farmer.community. There's all kinds of information there and you'll learn more about what we're doing and what we're offering and why we're doing it. Um, and then you can add your information and your details. We'll put you on the waiting list. Um, we'll keep you updated every few days, every week to let you know what's going on. And, and we will share things that we are sharing on the community with you as we update. If you're an interested stakeholder, government, official, um, supplier, then the best place to learn, we have a brief temporary website up called carob.farm and you can learn about us, the team, our goals. And also it's a great way to reach out to me if you want to set up a one-on-one. -on -one. So carob.farm for agriculture stakeholders, farmer.community for farmers to learn more. Mm, thank you so much. Laura, thank you for spending an hour with us. Thank you for visiting Trinidad Tobago's airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I haven't been a dad for a while now, you know. But um, thank you so much for taking the time to, to learn about what we're doing and, and to offer your support. It means the world to us. And, um, yeah, we'll keep you posted. Mm. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks, Thanks for visiting Freedom 106.5. I hope to have you here another time to talk about it again. Have a good Hopefully. one. Thank you. Okay, All bye. right. Bye, Jody. Jody. Till next week. Take care next same week. Same time, same yeah. place. <laughs> next week, same time, same place. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Talk, talk, talk. streaming at freedom106.5.com.